you long enough to actually do it. You'll be amazed at what a difference it can make in your own life. How we doing? Ah, that was weak. We have coffee out there. You need to look a little more hyped up. How we doing? Hey, all right. Good. I'm good, too. I'm really good. Those of you that know me really, really well, woke up this morning, looked outside, you were miserable, you were drinking hot coffee because you realized outside everything was frozen, and the first thing that came to your mind is, I hope Matt is happy. (laughs) I love snow. I love winter. You know what I love more than that? You ready for this? I love being here. I love being here because it's not... Not, not just the connection is not a building. We talk about this all the time. Connection is not a place. Connection is, is, is impacting a community around them for the love of Jesus Christ. And I cannot wait some Sundays to come here because you guys help me recharge my batteries. And God recharges our batteries. And we encourage one another. And we talk to one another. But some of you this morning were not happy because it's under 70 degrees. And you're thought, man, I hope he is happy. Hey, this, this week is the fourth week at, uh, at Connection. And if you have your worship handout with me, uh, if, you handed, if you were handed one of these this morning, this is a worship handout. If there's somebody sitting beside you and you're a regular Connection person, I challenge you to, if they don't have one, get up and get them one. There's some out there. Um, but in the middle, on the very, very bottom, it says, touch someone's life, gift, testimony. Now, not now. Don't read it now. Matt's talking about God right now. Okay, He's preaching. Now don't read it right now. But we're going to take up an offering in just a second. If you do not normally attend Connection, this offering is not for you. Okay, You can read about that. We don't ask you to give anything. We just want you to watch. Okay, in a second, there's going to be some guys that are, and guys and girls are going to come forward with some, with some popcorn bags. And they're just going to pass it around. And what we do is, it's counted by some members of our lead team. They'll bring the, the, the bag or bags back into me at the end of the service. And I'll, we're going to give those to an individual. We're going to pray over that money. And they're going to go out into our community. They're going to impact people's life with money. It's just, a, uh, just something that we, that we do. And over the last uh, almost two years, Connection's been able, God has just blessed us to give away over $13,000 to our area community. Um, so as those people would go ahead and, and come up to the front, and uh, as, they, as they pass you, um, nickel, dime, something, and I want to, I before you guys take that offering, I want, I want, I want to tell something real, real quick. I want everybody's, everybody's attention. There's not a lot of people that will tell you this, okay? We understand at, at Connection a, a couple things. Number one, God, God is who He says He is. His son was a real person that came and died on a cross for our sin. If we believe in Him, the Bible says we shall be saved. We believe that. We also understand that in this life and in this culture, life can happen to us. And sometimes, times are tough. This is going to sound really weird to some of you if you've never heard this before, but if you are in need of 10 or 20 bucks because you can't make a bill payment, I want you to know that you're going to feel really weird. No one around you is going to look at you. Okay? As that bag comes by you and you say, man, I need $10 to buy groceries, something that you need, take it. Take it. We're, we trust that God is using this money to impact people's lives. So as they, as they, as they go, I appreciate you guys uh, taking, taking the offering. Now while they do that, I'm going to talk about some of the things that some of you I can see right now are, are enjoying. I see some people licking their lips... Because they're enjoying nice, fresh, hot 
popcorn. Some people have enjoyed or are enjoying, you know, one cup of... We, we have some one cup of coffee people here. You're not the majority, but we have you here. And we thank you for... Now, we have the, you know, we have like the, the two, three, four... You know, I'm going to, you know, maybe they need like one of those slushy machines and put their head underneath the coffee thing. We have those people. But the coffee and the popcorn, you were probably greeted at the door and you were handed a worship handout. You may have been told where the bathroom was or where the popcorn was or where to sit or somebody's going to come and sit by you if you're, if, you're, if you're a guest with us today. That all comes from one place, one team, one ministry in our church. And so we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about our first impression team. I'm not going to preach the whole sermon on first impressions. I'm going to show you what Jesus says. He tells us a story, and then He actually does something, unbelievable humility, that shows us why we are to serve. In January, Connection is going to go to back to two services. We're going to have 9 and 11. I know, some of you, some of you have been here go, oh, when are you going to be done asking for volunteer? When we get enough. So... <laughs> I'll explain. I'm going to ask God to, to speak to us today. I was, I was preparing this week. I was really, really challenged by the, this. We're going to be in John chapter 13. And I was really, 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 really challenged when I heard this, when I read this, when I studied it. I've heard the story several times, multiple times. Preached from many different platforms by many different people. But God, God's Word is living and it's, and it's active and whenever I studied the Word this week, there were new things that popped out to me. Going, and, and the Holy Spirit would challenge me in my life. He would challenge me. Are you doing this? You're get up. Now this is, this is hard. It's very, very difficult. Man, are you serving? There's going to be an opportunity for you to serve a Sunday, a serve in one service and sit in the other one. That's pretty cool. We can, we can use you as part of the First Impressions team, preschool team, Kids Rock team, we're going to be in John chapter 13 today, and I, and I want to just say that, that, welcome, my name is Matt, okay, and I'm, I'm the lead pastor here at Connection, and I'm very, very happy, and I'm thankful that you chose to be here with us on a Sunday morning. But realize, today, if you've never heard this before, what you hear today can possibly, if you want to, want to really dive into it, what you're going to hear today can possibly change your life. Now, connection people understand that I'm not being arrogant. They know this. Because what I follow that statement is, not because of the words that I say, it's where my words come from. And it's the Word of God. And the Word of God can transform your life. As we finished our Transform series a couple weeks ago. But when God wants to transform our life, oftentimes, oftentimes, it runs into roadblocks. And we're like, ooh... God says this, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to do this. And we say, yeah, but I'm more comfortable at doing this because I've always done this. I've always done it at this time. And I've always done it with this person. And I've always done this. And I've always done that. If you ask me to change, God, it's going to just ruin my schedule. And we, we're, we're so timid to change because we don't think that God's that big. Sometimes it comes down to that. And in my life personally, whenever... Whenever I've been talking with God like that and, and, and figuring out what He wants me to do, He says, Matt, you won't do this because one thing. He said, you don't trust me enough. I'm challenged. And this morning we're going to be challenged. And I know of one way to combat when we're going to be challenged. I want to pray for us. Okay, so wherever you are, if you want to bow your head, lift your head, raise your hand, whatever, we're going to pray, okay? 
God, we thank You so much. God, we, we sing, we just sing songs that nothing's going to stop us. Your Word says, if You are for us, who can be against us? In a crowd this big, God, there are people, there are many people maybe, that are hurting. Maybe they've lost loved ones. Maybe they're, they're, some of our relationships are not what they used to be. God, there are hurting people here. And I ask You, God, I ask You to speak to me, speak through me, speak to our people. God, I ask You just to remind them. As the song says, show me what to do. Show me what to do. God, we just thank You for this opportunity to come and worship You. Thank You for Jesus Christ. In Your name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 13. We're going to have it on the screen here in a second. Um, we use the New Living Translation here at Connection because it's just easier to understand. Okay, So if you hear something that's a little bit different than maybe the translation that you have, or if you have it on your phone, iPad, iPod, whatever, it, we're in the New Living Translation. So check this out with me. On John 13. There we go. Before the Passover celebration... But before the Passover celebration and before John 13, 1, I want to touch on this. Our first impressions team is the most, probably the most visible of all the ministries in our church. Some of you, I know, some of you are like, well, I want to be invisible. I don't like being visible. It's a challenge. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a ministry where you can put face-to-face with new guests, face-to-face say, hey, uh, kids' check-ins at Tin Till. Um, popcorn, coffee. They serve the popcorn. They, they brew the coffee. Some mornings, they really, really help us wake up. Don't they? They help us wake up. Have you had a long night? I wrote this about the First Impressions team. We're going to talk about Dean and Kathy in a little bit, but look at this. They are responsible for creating an environment and an atmosphere that is welcoming to everyone that comes into the building. Now, you're sitting there going, uh, we're in John 13.1, you're talking about creating an environment. I want to, first of all, set that tone because Jesus did create an environment here before He started talking. This is a very intimate time. They're in an upper room. All that means is they're by themselves. The disciples and Him. They were an intimate team If you have your Bibles, look on the screen if you don't. Let's listen to this. In 13.1, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that His hour had come to leave this world and return to His Father. He had loved His disciples during His ministry on earth, and now He loved them to the very end. Okay. Now we, have to, we ask ourselves this question, and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't cross our mind to know, that. okay, does Jesus know everything even when He's here on earth as a human? Yes. He's fully God. He's fully human. Now listen, does He know when He's going to die? Yes. Okay? He's Jesus. Okay? And now He loved them. Look, He loved them to the very end. He has been with these guys for three and a half years. In a few hours, in the next day, his, he, Jesus is going to be beaten. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be put on a fake trial and given a fake sentence. He's going to be accused to die because of... No, we've got to get rid of this guy. 
But for three and a half years, he has walked every day with those men. Every day. This is an intimate, close relationship. Jesus was their mentor. Jesus was their full example. Now, how about this? How about if you're Jesus? Just to go into this. Now, we're going to look at verse 2 in just a second. Okay? Just a second. Jesus was sitting at a table, okay, getting ready to celebrate a Passover meal, to have the Lord's Supper. He is sitting at the same table, knowing that He's getting ready to give His entire life. And somebody at that table, He knows exactly who is going to betray Him. And one of the guys at the table is going to even deny that He even knows who Jesus is three times in the next probably 12 hours. And he's sitting at the table. Now, listen, this all comes back. Now watch this. And he's sitting at the table with these guys. And he's serving them. What is that giving us an example about? Jesus physically... Be, he, he served the people that physically betrayed Him. This is what we want to do. In 2015, it looks like this. You go in, maybe you have a good boss, maybe you don't have such a good boss. Maybe you have a relationship with someone that's not easy to get along with, and that person's kind of mean, they're negative to you, they do things like this. God's Word says this, you should love them. There's a song, but you love me anyway. Are you not thankful that God loves you anyway? If we went home and we got in our little closet of our life, and you know, I'm talking about the real you. Not the one that everybody sees necessarily, the real you. I have that person too. The guy that I have to deal with when I get all alone with God and he says, I want to work on you. I want to work on you. God still loves me. While we were yet sinners, God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. But He says He loved them to the very end. Judas would betray Him. Peter would deny Him. And they all would scatter a little bit. They were scared to death. And even the ones that may not have scattered, we find when Jesus resurrects and He comes back to see them, where are they? They're locked in a room by themselves and they're scared to death. I don't want to talk about what Jesus did in my life. I don't want to talk about what Jesus did in my life. We might die. Eleven out of, the, 11 out of them did. Eleven out of twelve. They did. They died. They gave their entire life. You see how that models Him? You see that this goes hand in hand? The disciples gave their life serving, teaching, preaching. The things that they must have seen physically Jesus do, they could not stop talking about. They could not stop serving how they had seen Jesus serve. <laughs> Look at verse 2. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus is sitting at the same table as Judas. A person that you don't get along with. Think about this. This is not a, this is not a conversation with a friend that you have an argument with. Judas betrayed Jesus. You think he was sorry? If you read the rest of the story about Judas, he, he commits suicide. He hangs himself because of the guilt. Why? 
Jesus taught in this situation. You will be betrayed by people. Listen, watch. This is what this says. Jesus says, you're going to be betrayed by people. So this is what I want you to do. Serve them anyway. Whoa. People are going to disagree with you. Jesus says this. Love them anyway. This is getting hard. You may not agree with everything that one of the people that you work with agrees with. Would you rather be right or have a relationship? He goes on. Look at verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given Him authority over everything and that He had come from God and would return to God. Many of us have probably been in church quite a few times. Maybe your whole entire life. Jesus knew that the Father had given Him the authority over everything. Now I have a question for you. If I was somehow able to, in whatever facet of life you have, and I was able to push a button and automatically, wherever you worked, you had authority over the entire building. And if you already had the authority over the whole building, I go, and you have the authority over the whole bunch of businesses in that corporation. Now think about this. Think about this. Jesus knew that God had given him the authority Okay? He's fully God and He's fully human. We see Jesus in, in actual mathematical accounts turn, turning not... He didn't turn a cup of water into wine. He turned 180 gallons of water into wine instantly. He thought, well, that's a cool trick, David Copperfield. Okay, how about this? He goes four days after his friend Lazarus dies and he says, he says three words. Lazarus come forth and a dead man walks out of the ground. Do you understand? Do you understand... He knows. He's Jesus. You know, you don't play Trivial Pursuit with Jesus, you lose. He knows everything. Can you imagine being one of the disciples? Jesus goes, hey, let's play this game. No, you know all the answers. Okay, let's play this game. No, you know all the answers. It wouldn't be fun. Listen, Jesus knew that the Father had given the authority over everything. He had come to do a job. Jesus had come for a purpose. He didn't come down here to hang out. And I know that we like to think of this, this casual hangout. Listen to me. He came for a reason. Do you know why? It's something that all of us suffer from. Sin. He defeated it. He conquered death. He came for a purpose. Jesus didn't come down and be born of Mary so we could celebrate Christmas. If you really study that theologically, it probably wasn't even close to December 25th. He didn't come for Christmas. Some of you really like Christmas. You're like, oh, now he's talking about Christmas. He's talking bad about Christmas. He likes snow, okay? You know? Jesus didn't come to do what He wanted to do. We see this. If you look at just a few, just a few hours after we see this story in John, we find Jesus alone. Now when I said earlier, some of you that are, that are of biblical knowledge will say, well, not all of them, not all of the disciples deserted because there were some at the resurrection. But we see just before the resurrection that He prayed alone. And He said, pray for me, stay awake. And what they do? They slept. He needed somebody there and they slept. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and He prays to His Father. And He says... If this can be passed from me, if I don't have to do this, let's not do this. 
Can you imagine the anxiety of Jesus being confined to a human body and knowing what was getting ready to happen? Knowing the, be- the betrayal. He's walked with these guys for three and a half years. You ever been hurt by one of your best friends? Isn't that knife, isn't that knife the sharpest? You're going to betray me? Really? After everything I've done for you. Jesus could have ruled over everything, but instead, He served. The Jew- John writes, the Jews were upset. Okay, if Jesus is the Messiah, this is wrong. He's not. They wanted David back. They wanted the six foot four, two hundred and seventy-five pound, eight percent body fat, huge warrior that's just going to come in. He's adorned with gold, and he rules with a mighty fist, and he conquers the entire world because Israelites were God's chosen people, and they, in their mind, we deserve it. Now, God did choose them, but look at this whole different slant that God teaches these people. And he says, "I'm not going to send you a mighty warrior." Talk about talk about something different. The Jews in the history books, man, you read a, a Jewish history book and go, wow, King Solomon. He's like many, 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 many. If you translated his money to today, he's very, very, very lots of multiplications of Bill Gates. Richest person to ever walk the face of the earth. Also the wisest. You'd see Solomon. You'd see King David. Like, oh, the mighty King David. Our Messiah. Man, can you imagine how much better, how much stronger he's going to be than David? And he comes and he's born in a stable from a peasant girl. And he doesn't rule with an iron fist. He rules how? With love. The same guy that the Jews wanted to be this big mighty dude goes up to a Samaritan woman and even talks to her. So they didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't communicate. And Jesus says this. He tells them, He said, I've come to do a job. I've come to do a job. He, he could have ruled everything. He could have. He could have came... Listen, the Bible tells us even during the crucifixion, towards the end of His human life, Jesus could have called down legions of angels. And I'm telling you what, you and I better be thankful today. If you're not thankful for anything this Thursday, please be thankful that He didn't call down the legions of angels and take Himself off the cross. When He was challenged to take Himself off by that mockery, say, if you're the Son of God, take yourself off. Do you deal well? Have you ever dealt well with somebody calling you chicken in life? Are you Marty McFly? Do you, de- do you deal well with this? Chicken, he stops me. And he can't. Listen, the Son of God is elevated on a wooden cross and He's getting taunted by some dude with a funny looking red hat. Roman soldier, that weird hair up there. Listen, he just, can you imagine... And he goes past and he says, Forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Are you kidding me? Some of you are sitting there going, Huh, we're supposed to live like this? I know. (laughs) Hard. He served. Look at your worship handout with me. We have some blanks. I know some of you, the blank filler outers are awful happy today. We got blanks to fill out. That's great. This helps you keep some notes. Now look at this. Jesus had been given the authority to rule, yet He came to serve. We're talking about first impressions. Listen, I don't care what ministry you talk about in our church. Connection doesn't do what connection does without people that serve and volunteer. 
Many of you are already locked in. You say, man, I've been certain since October 7, 2007. That, doesn't, that date now doesn't mean a whole lot to a lot of you. Because you just weren't, you weren't here. That's the day that we launched. Connection started. Some of you have been serving since then. Please, don't get it in your head. You know, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, I'll give this stuff to somebody. No, 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 no. No. Jesus says that we should serve. So we serve. And a lot of you have done a lot of, of serving. Satan would love for you to just quit. Just quit. Duh. You don't need to do that. Jesus has been given the authority to rule, yet He came to serve. Now, I was really, 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 really... It felt like God had a hammer when I went across that video before I played when I preached. That guy asked a question. He says, when's the last time that you did something for someone else like that? When's the last time that you served someone? Listen, that's tough. That's hard. We live in a world of take, not give. Don't we? Two Saturdays ago, Connection people showed up and we got money and we went out and we bought turkeys. Lots of frozen poultry. And we gave them away. I talked to you about Terry last week. Terry, I came up to Terry. I'm telling you, have you ever had somebody in your life that, you, that you've been praying, God, I want you, uh, send me someone in my life that I can minister to. And I'm sitting there with a 16-pound frozen bird going, God, I want to give this to the right bird. Just show me someone. Terry walked out. I'm, have you ever had this person? You know, God goes, him. Like it's out loud. I wasn't out, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But it was pretty plain and apparent to me that Terry was to get one of these turkeys. And I walked up to him and I said, Terry, how are you doing today? No, I didn't say Terry. I said, how are you doing today? He said, fine. I said, my name's Matt. He said, my name's Terry. I said, hey, it's nice to meet you. And I... He may have thought I stole the turkey. I didn't have a receipt with me and I'm just holding it in the parking lot like this. I don't know what he thought. Maybe he was like, hey. And I said, I said, do you have plans for Thanksgiving? He said, he said, oh no, I usually eat at my mom's house. He said, last year we had a couple frozen pizzas and this year, um, he goes, times are just tough. We just may not have a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm not telling you that this happened in Ethiopia. I'm telling you this happened in Mount Vernon. And I walked up to him and I said, hey. I said, our church just wants to tell you. I didn't even tell them our name of our church. I said, our church just wants to show you that God loves you. And I gave him a turkey. And he immediately became very, very emotional. So now, a guy just met another guy. And he gave him a turkey in the middle of the parking lot with no receipt. And now one guy's crying. This is the epitome of awkward... <laughs> And he looks at me and he said, I didn't know that people like you or your church still exist. And he goes on, he opens up to me, he said, I haven't had a job in two years. I lost my job, I cannot get work. And I try. God says, I want you to serve. Why should we serve? Because God's loved us so much that because He loves us so much, that love should just come out. And we should show other people by serving them. Now, if you're a teenager here and you think, hey, this is a great argument to pull with your parents, don't do it. It's not about service and it's not about entitlement. Okay, God gave you legs. In my house at home, God gave you two hands, He gave you two legs. 
Hey, mom, can you come here? No, that didn't happen. Okay, serving other people. Those of you that has siblings, in that video he said, sometime today, find a way to serve your sibling. This just blows my mind. This, I'm going to be perfectly honest. This would have probably not happened in my household with me and my sister. And I know some, a lot of you know my sister. This probably would have never happened. Can you, what would you do if your sibling came home and you had completely cleaned their room? You know what the first thing I can mention in my, I can think of in my mind? If I went in to clean my sister's room, she would come to me and she said, what did you break? Where is it? And what did, what did you do? Because you're, you're doing something and it's not for real. Like, you, you, you don't do this. Do you see how out of place... I tell you that to be a little bit funny, but do you see how out of place serving is? Immediately there would be judgment on, well, you did this because th- this. You did this because... Went into a flower shop not too long ago. I said, I'd like to buy some, some flowers for my wife. Oh, is it your anniversary? No. Oh, is it, uh, is it a birthday? No. Was it this? I go, no. No. She kept asking, asking. She goes, well, if I can be nosy, I said, well, you're already there. <laughs> I said, I said, what? She said, what? Is there, is there any special occasion? I said, yeah, there is. I've been married, and, and this lady has put up with me for over 12 years. That's the occasion. There's no occasion. I want to tell her that I love her. But do you see that there has to be... This lady is thinking, what'd you do? I said, I didn't do anything, I don't think. I just wanted to say, I love you. No. Did I do it for a motive? No. I wanted to show her how much I love... Why? Because, because do you know I get to sit down to the meals that she cooks? Man... See, we can't, we're, we, we're supposed to serve one another. Look at this. We're going we're gonna to keep going a little bit. And in 4 and 5, the people, after Jesus is talking about He came to serve, now I want to give you some adjectives of the people that Jesus served. Because it's really easy, it's really easy to serve the people that, you know, are either we want to be around, that, you know, they're nice. This is the type of people Jesus served. You ready? Sinful, stinky, complaining, nasty people. That's probably putting it really, really nicely and bluntly. Sinful, stinky, complaining, nasty people. He served people who were sinful. He served just the people that He wanted to. No. He served all people. And we see the ultimate example of this. Look at verse 4. Look, at, I love this story. One of my favorite stories. One of the, my favorite, but the absolute most difficult to understand and do. Look at this. Verse 4, So he got up from the table, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. And he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now I'm going to tell you something right now. Has anybody in here, I'm just going to, you don't have to answer this. If you've ever had your feet washed, it is one of the most difficult things to sit and have done. It is not something... That is, it's not something that people just go, hey, I'll sit down in the chair, you can wash my feet. I'm telling you, that doesn't ha- it's very hard to sit 
Some of us today have a really hard time hearing someone else go, I really enjoyed what you did. You think, oh. It's okay for someone to compliment you. Now look at this. This is not compliment. When Jesus got up from the table and He took off His robe and He wrapped, it around, he wrapped a towel around His waist, Jesus figuratively and metaphorically went, nothing changed in His status in heaven. But He showed those guys. He was their leader. He was their mentor. He was perfect. And He immediately traded roles. which what, with This would have been taken and done by the lowest servant in the house. You know, you have a job that sometimes if you don't have seniority, you get those jobs, right? I worked at an agribusiness. Everybody's been there like 35 years. I'm like, man, all the jobs that they don't want to do, guess who gets to do it? Oh, yeah. Me. You ever smelled rotten soybeans? I don't recommend it, by the way. Don't just go to the store and say, hey, I'd like to smell that. It's bad. I'm the one that got to go in the bottom of the leg, in the bottom of the green bin. He goes, well, there's some rotten soybeans down there. We just need you to clean it up. I said, oh, who's going to help me? He goes, you. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's, it's the lowest form of servanthood in the house. He took on the lowest king of the world. Servant to wash feet. He became a servant to wash their feet. Look at verse 6. Then Jesus came to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, <laughs> we've talked about Peter before, haven't we? He's the first one to speak. A lot of times, so he said, Hey, Lord, <clears throat> are you going to wash my feet? <laughs> Can you imagine? He, maybe he's probably not first. He's probably around the table. He might have even been last. So if Jesus is sitting here and Peter was here, maybe he went this way. And Peter goes, Wow, I've got to be last. Now, Peter says a lot of things and doesn't get them quickly. He says, hey, are you going to wash my feet? Can you imagine Jesus? No, i got a bowl, i got a towel around my waist, and I'm, I'm starting to wash John's feet, but no, I'm not going to wash your... Yes, I am! I'm going to wash your feet. Look at verse 7. Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. Now, Peter, if you, if you read Scripture that Peter talks or Peter does, Peter thinks he knows the answers to everything. Everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to see what he, what he says. Peter saw the right now. He saw Jesus with a towel around his waist. He was washing feet. That's all Peter saw. If you look at that statement, you going to wash my feet? You get am I next? Can I, can I be next? It's always the eager one. And Jesus says, You don't have a clue what I'm doing. You see the right now. You don't see the lasting effects of what I'm trying to teach you. Jesus is showing His leaders. He was showing His guys that He chose. He he is saying this. By doing this, He is saying, you will remember this for the rest of your life. And this is how I want you to serve other people. We're not told, but you can see how this this sunk into their brain because many of them, almost all of them, died to spread God's love about Jesus. They died. They served. Look at your worship hand out with me. Now, this is, this is important. Anybody have grandkids? Raise your hand if you have grandkids. Alright, anybody have adopted grandkids? Maybe they aren't yours, but you just have other ones. Anybody, uh, my mom or dad that has, has uh, adopted kids, that they're not necessarily adopted, they're just, they're, 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 
friends of your friend, of your children that just become friends? I have like seven moms. I do. I have very, I'm very. I have like my best friends' moms. Like, hey, we just call you son. I'm like, cool. For Father's Day, I send two cards out. And I'm very, very blessed. I'm very blessed. I sent one to my uncle for the very first time I ever did it. I said, hey. Actually, I handed it to him. I said, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. And he goes, what? He goes, what's this? I'm not, I'm not your dad. That's, that's my brother. He said, I said, no. <laughs> You've given me things that will last longer than you will. Think about that. You've given me things that will last longer than you will. Jesus was giving His disciples right now things that would last longer than He did. Look at this. It says, What you do in this life will last longer than your life. What type of legacy are you leaving? One of selfishness or one of selfless service? Now that's this sharp. This is, this is a very true statement. What you do in this life will last longer than you. And I don't want to sound negative today. What you do well and what you do good will last longer than your life. So will what you didn't do or don't do. Negative or, be- negative or good, it will, it will last longer than us. Look at verse 8. No. Peter. Peter protesting, he's protesting again. Let's, let's, review, the, let's review this in, in Peter says. Okay, and said. Peter sees that somebody's getting their feet washed and he goes, Hey, are you going to wash my feet? I want to be next. Put them in there. They're really gross, Jesus, but I want you to wash them. If you're going to do something, I want to be in it. I want to be in it. Look at what he says. And Jesus says, you don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. And Peter says, no. I'm sure we've all probably said no to our parents once. Some of us may have learned after once. But Peter, Peter, no. No. Look at this. Look what he says. You will never, ever wash my feet. In saying this, Peter said this. I do not deserve you to wash my feet. Peter says a lot of things and he says them a lot of times. He says them really, really quick. But listen to this. He says, you will never wash my feet. You are my mentor. You are my leader. I'm lower than you. I should be doing this to you. Jesus says right back to him. He says, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus says this, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Hmm. <laughs> Verse 9. Can you imagine this argument? All the other disciples probably wait in line and say, we just wash my feet. This, is, this probably has something to do with you teaching us. I'll just let you wash my feet. And Peter is just arguing with Jesus. No. Yes. No. Can you imagine this? We're not maybe re- recorded the whole, the whole argument. But verse 9 says, Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well. Jesus, just give me a shower. I want you to wash my hair. I want you to wash my fingernails. I want you to wash my arms. You know, my underpants. Ooh. I want you to wash everything. I want you to wash everything. I don't just want you to wash my feet. I want you to wash everything. Jesus may have been telling Peter a couple things. Number one, He could have been telling him, Peter, 
if I do not, after, after this, he's going to get arrested. He said, after I, do, after I do this, and if I do not die on the cross, you will have no way to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You have to let me wash your feet. Or, telling Peter that he needed to submit. Now, if I pick somebody right now, I have a bowl of water in that room. If I pick somebody right now, out of a chair, and I put you right here, and I wash your feet, some of you are already like wigging out and anxious. There's no water over there. That was a lie. There's no water over there. Chill. But if I did that, that person sitting right here, because when one of the disciples get, were getting their feet washed, the other ones watched. This had to be exceptionally humbling. This is a guy that has a towel around his waist and he's washing people's feet who made Lazarus come back alive. These guys know who exactly who Jesus is. They know exactly. Yet Jesus is serving them. Can you imagine that? Oh, this is not supposed to be how this works. No, no, no. We've been following you for three and a half years. You've yet to do this. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Peter gets caught up in the moment, the here and now, Instead of saying, yes, Jesus, just let, wash my feet and teach me, he's the one that's, that says, okay, if I'm going to get a car wash, I'm getting a $9 deluxe car wash with the blow dryer. But he wants everything. He may have missed the point. But, but one thing, watch this. One thing, Peter, one thing you and I shouldn't miss here. In a very short time, he would deny this man that was washing his feet that he even knew him. That he even knew him. Do you think, after Peter had been asked three times if he was the one that was with Jesus, and he said no, and he went off to be by himself, do you think, do you not think, that this story would come up to him? Listen, Peter, you don't understand now, but later you will. Holy cow, he knew. Yeah, he knew. That's why after Jesus is resurrected, he, go, he blows Peter's mind. Because he tells the people to go tell Peter and his disciples. Listen, he got separated. In, in verbiage, he was separated from being a disciple. Jesus comes to him. Peter, probably very apologetic and probably very thankful that he could talk to him again. And, and you can read in Scripture that Jesus doesn't just come up to him and say, Hey, I forgive you. Peter denied him three times. Jesus in Scripture gives him three different. It's okay. I forgive you. He covers him. Look at verse 10. Jesus replied, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet to be entirely clean. They didn't have Nikes. They had sandals and they were dusty. You had to always keep your feet clean. They didn't have ceramic tile floors. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Look at verse 11. For Jesus knew who would betray Him. That is what He meant when He said, not all of you are clean. I want to take a little bit different direction. And some of you are going, you're like, ooh, 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 ooh. You want to be Peter? I know who it is. I know who it is. Judas betrayed you. Yes, you're correct. Good. You get that piece of pie in your thing for the, for the, the Trivial Pursuit game. Okay, you, you, you got that right, but watch this. Jesus just says this 
doesn't look anywhere, doesn't point out anybody right here, and he's sitting with 12 guys. Judas is probably not the most suspected character to betray Jesus. How do you know that? They trusted him. How do you know that? He was the treasurer. You don't put somebody that you, that you don't trust in charge of the money. Judas probably wouldn't have been the top. The disciples right now, when he says, not all of you, they're immediately playing the first game of Clue. I don't know who Professor Plum was, but I'm telling you, they're like, oh, who did it? Did you do that? Are you going to be trying? Are you going to do it? I, I doubt that Judas was even brought up. He's the trustworthy one to deal with the money. Look at verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on the robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? It really surprises me that Peter doesn't have something to say here. Do you understand what I was doing? No. Can you explain it again? Yes, we need to... Look at, he goes on. Look at verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Immediate confusion. There may have been a... Ru- Peter... When it's not recorded. Peter may have rushed for the bowl. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first. I'm going to wash your feet. Give me the bowl. I'm going to wash your feet. But they may not have jumped at this because this... You ought to wash each other's feet. Did Jesus mean this absolutely figuratively? Immediately, this is... No. He meant this. If and when you guys go out after I die and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit and you begin to teach and preach about me, you are going to need to have a relationship with each other that is strong. Because the whole entire world versus you. He said, you have to be close. In Matthew 28, when Jesus says, go into all the world making disciples, when He came back, He said, you're going on a mission. Don't go alone. Even Frodo took Sam. My Lord of the Rings people get that. I'm sorry if you don't. So, you have to have each other. You have to have each other. They had a job to be done and they would need to be with each other. Look at verse 15. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Listen, he, he still does not give them the clue that they're not going to be washing people's feet. He says, do as I have done to you. Can you imagine? <laughs> the disciples that really didn't get it, maybe they had some dense ones. So they just go to the first person they, they carry in the bowl. And they're, going, they're not giving away turkeys. How about this? Do you think that I would have got like in serious trouble if I were to carry around a wash pan in all these parking lot and ask people to wash their feet? <laughs> Weirdo. And I would have got to see my brother-in-law who's a, a deputy really fast. <laughs> now what are you doing? I'm washing people's feet. Why? <laughs> Jesus said to. He's not meaning to go carry around a bowl of water and say, excuse me, sir, can I wash your feet? I'm not saying God can't work that way either, but He says, I want you to serve people. I want you to serve people. Some of us do not like even that title. I do not want to serve. I do not want to serve. I have paid my dues. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I deserve to not serve. I deserve to be served. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. 
do as I have done to you. Look at verse 16. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. He says, he says this. He, he probably went on in that conversation. He could have went on in that conversation. He says, now listen, when I talk about no one being greater than anyone else, I want you to remember. Do you remember when I went and talked to the Samaritan woman that was at the well? Huh. Yeah. Do you remember when I went here to talk to these people? Yeah. Do you remember when I talked to the lady that all she wanted to do was touch the hem of my garment so she would stop bleeding? Yeah. Do you remember when I healed the sick? Yeah. Think about all these different people. Did they all come from the same social class? No. Did they all work at the same place? No. Jesus said, do not not serve anyone. When we do our touch someone's life gifts, when we do first impressions, I hope somebody, I wish somebody someday, um, I'm not from Mount Vernon, so I don't know a lot of people that have offices as far as lawyers or, or, or uh, the managers of the bank or anything like that, but I think it would truly be awesome to see one of our people with one of these bags walk up to somebody in a suit and tie who probably, stereotypically, doesn't need that money and say, here, we just want to tell you that God loves you. Can you imagine? It might be like the people that I tried to give the turkey to. We don't need that. It's, it, it, it's a free turkey. If I had $5 bills and I was handing them out, I guarantee they would not last long. There's college kids in the front row. Gone. God says, I want you to serve everybody. Jesus is talked about in the, earlier in this book and it says, for God so loved only the people that really smell good. No! For God loves the people that treat you good. In fact, Jesus teaches against that and He says, you should love your enemies. You should pray for... Your, ah, no way. Uh-uh. Don't wash my feet. Don't make me pray for them. He's talking about some stuff that's very hard. Look at the last blank in your worship handout. It says, we are called to serve... We are called to share what God has done in our life. Our thankfulness of what God has done should come out of every aspect of our life. Think about this. The way that you work, who you talk to, how you play, where you play. Our thankfulness. Listen, we are getting to celebrate and a straight up American holiday on Thursday. One time I've spent Thanksgiving out of the country. It was very, very different. I had fish. We fish for Thanksgiving. It'd be cool. And then we had turkey. We have all this. Listen. And we get together. There was a really good thing on Facebook. No, I don't think Facebook is all good. But listen to this. There was somebody that put a picture up. It says, Facebook is the place where the people that for 364 days are mad and suddenly get thankful. Amen. Listen, God says this. You don't. I don't want you. I don't want you to be a church Christian acting person on Sunday only. Bad things are going to come into your life. Absolutely. Enemies are going to try to try to get at you. Absolutely. 
look this Thursday, I challenge you to do this. As you sit around Thursday, or you sit around a meal this, this week, and we, and, we, and we thank God for the, for the food, okay? We asked our girls last year what they were thankful for. And we would see the typical things that we're thankful for. Our family, Jesus, our food. This is what I heard. I'm thankful that we have a chair that I can sit in. Think about this. This is what God says. I want you to be thankful in all aspects. If you had time this week, just sit and think about all the things that God has done for you. Even if this has been one of the hardest or worst weeks of your entire life, here's the deal. God raised Jesus from the dead. Everything else is short of that. God says, if you're for me, no one's going to be against... Nothing, no, no form of weapon can prosper against me. I'm it. I conquered death. I raised my son. He says, I challenge you to serve. Serve people. Show them. Speaking of first impressions, check this out. Look at this screen. Yeah, picture time. Dean and Kathy Taylor. I should put a preface when I put contact information. Um, you know, do not share this on Facebook. No, they don't like prank calls. If you call them, volunteer. Okay? If you want more information, this is what I'm talking about. Dean and Kathy Taylor are our first impression leaders. They've been doing it a long time. They do a very, very good job. If you've had pop... I, I personally have never eaten a kernel of popcorn in connection. Now, some people are like, oh, you don't like popcorn? You like the snow and you don't like popcorn. We just There's two strikes against you right there. And I didn't eat popcorn the first several years of the church because I led worship and these people were all in danger of getting hit with kernels. And now I preach, same thing. <laughs> the popcorn is good. The coffee's awesome. The water. They create an environment, an atmosphere. How about the next screen? Anybody know them? <laughs> you, have to, you, can, you can clap for all of them, not just this picture. Okay? But Dwight and Diane. First impressions, coffee, the drinks, serving, cleaning windows, sweeping floors. It doesn't matter if you're 4 or 84 or 94. First impression has the widest... Now, in our house, we believe, not in child labor, but we believe that if God has given our... Giving our girls two hands and, and two legs, then they can help surf. So Mary and I are part of First Impressions cleaning team. And some of you are sitting in the vinyl seats in the back. On our week, we you may have been clean, it may have been cleaned by a four-year-old. Or a six-year-old. Or a seven-year-old. Or a twelve-year-old. Listen, I can tell you that serving in this capacity has changed my life. Not, not very long ago, I was, I was vacuuming. I was vacuuming. People were like, well, why are you vacuuming? Because there was dirt. That's it. And there was dirt on, on, the, on, the, on the rug. And I was vacuuming it. I'm thinking about this. I'm vacuuming. I'm just mad. I'm just mad. It's not, it's not reverend or brother. I'm ordained, I'm ordained pastor, but it's just, it's, it's mad. Okay? And I was vacuuming that rug. 
Somebody asked me, why are you vacuuming? I said, because it's dirty. I wasn't being smart. I was just, I'm, it's dirty. And I want people to come in because I've got this vision of first impressions. I talked with Dean and Kathy this week and they said, we just want to create an environment where anybody that comes in just feels welcomed. Welcome home. I was vacuuming. One way and the other way. And a lady who had not been with us very long says, Aren't you the pastor? I said, Yeah. She said, And you're vacuuming. Again, like Peter, I was going, Yep. <laughs> I wasn't being smart. I'm like, Yep, I'm running the vacuum. And then they said this I've never seen a pastor vacuum a floor before. Now, I didn't take that for my grant. You know what I did? I turned around and I said, that's sad. I wouldn't ask anybody to do something that I wasn't willing to do. It's not a brag on me. We have a lot of people that do that. We have a lot of people that give their time. Look at the, look at the next screen. You can get involved in these areas. Huh? Popcorn, coffee, drinks, cleaning windows, wiping floors, sweeping floors, handing out the worship handouts, taking out the trash. Listen, there's an opportunity for you guys to serve. First impressions has done such a good job. Such a good job. Look at the next screen. This is what they've done. Look at this. Our First Impressions ministry creates an atmosphere that is comfortable. Some of you may be with us for the very first time. You walked in, and within 10 or 15 seconds, somebody gave you a worship handout, told you where the bathroom is, and where the coffee was. They seek to provide a relaxed and relevant environment that people enjoy. The First Impressions team seeks to relate to others by serving them with the love of Jesus. This is what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 13. He was. He says, he says I want you to relate with people by serving them. You're not going to understand what, you, what I did today. But later on, you will. Later on, we see those people that take a, decide they want to take a journey with connection. And they're with us for two, three, four months. And they decide, hey, maybe this is the place for us. And it, it comes out of an environment of people living their life with each other. Listen, so there's a lot of people that are hurting this morning. There's a lot of people that are hurting. People have lost people in their life. Relationships are going south. It's those people that we walk alongside and say, hey, I've been there. It's a lot easier to, help, to, to hear from someone who says, I've been there, rather than say, well, this is what you should do. I've been there. I'll listen. If you have the touch someone's life gift, you guys are going to be at first impressions. You're going to be out there looking for signatures. If you want to come up, everybody. If you look, if you look back, they're they're escaping. Dean and Kathy are escaping, and uh, those are the people that you talk to. Thank you guys. Um, it doesn't. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I get blown away because there's $391.70 right here. I tried to promise myself that I wouldn't get emotional today. That doesn't really work often, but one of the things that I will sit down with my family this week and that I do often is I thank God for the people that go to this church. You don't know what you mean to me and my family 
you don't know, you don't understand. A lot of the time, you just say "hey," and it's just a, just a "hey," but you don't know that what that support means to my family. And I just want to tell you that I'm thankful for you. And to have a a, a group of believers, followers, and church members at this church, they gave eight dollars and thirty cents short of four hundred, and all it was was "hey." I'm just going to give this away to somebody in the in, in this in this week, and we're just going to tell them thank you. 130 bucks to buy a whole Thanksgiving dinner. If you go to Aldi's, you might buy two. Uh, let's see, James, is James in here, James Carter in here. Yeah, there he is. And Susan Motzinger. Just take that right there. Yep, thank you. Thank you. If you if you would go home and check out my I know I know you're going, oh there's three bags. Chill. <laughs> I'm gonna give it away in a second. If you go home and look at our computer, we have a list of the people that have that have all that I've all given this. And you know that it, this is a really cool good thing. There's a lot of you that have already that already have, and we haven't been we haven't started started that list over yet. Is there anybody in here that would like to give one away? Come on, Chris. You gotta be fast. <laughs> there you go, guys. I want to. I want to take uh, just a couple minutes, and I, I want to pray uh, for this money and these ministry, uh, this ministry and th- these people. Uh, they're going to give this money away, and I just want to tell you that that I love you. And I'm thankful for you. But God loves you infinitely more than I do. And He's asking us to step out in our daily life to be relaxed, to be relevant, to give, to serve, to love. And I know how hard that can be sometimes no matter what kind of situation we're going on in life. But I want to tell you that God can take care of it. Maybe somebody here needs to hear that God can handle your stuff. When God raised Jesus from the dead, Everything else has fallen short of that. When he raised his son from the dead, I just want to pray for you. God, we don't come with a lot of words, God, but we come as a people that, God, you know the individual things that are going on in our life hurt, joy, happiness, sadness, depression, anxiety, worry, addiction. You know, God. We just ask You. We just ask You, God, to show Yourself in our life. Allow us to serve You. To serve You when it's uncomfortable. To serve You when it's comfortable, God. That we just understand what it means to live in love like Jesus. God, I pray for this money. I pray that this money, God, affects three different people and their families. And they are shown and they are given the confidence that you are who you say you are and that you're able to handle the cares of this world. And we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.